would you relay my message to Pastor John and John Henry? Some people go hunting. I go killing. <laughs> Share it with him. God is so good. Now forget all of that that your pastor Linnell has said. I'm not all of that stuff. Not a prophet. I'm not a doctor. I'm not an apostle. But like Jesus said concerning John, I'm not a reed shaken by the wind. I was a, I used to be a six-foot piece of a PVC pipe. God allowed about six inches of that to be cut off, five exactly, five inches. One day God looked out at that junk pile where that old piece of PVC was thrown, dirty, stopped up, absolutely no good for anything. But in his mercy and in his grace, he reached down and picked up that piece of six-foot PVC, kicked it, blew it out, took a, a handkerchief out of heaven, wiped it off, and began to flow through that to his people in Mexico. Do you understand that? So I cannot take credit for not one single thing in Mexico, because the moment that I say I have done that and I take credit for it, if God shuts the valve off in heaven and it doesn't flow anymore, if I take the credit for it, I've got to take the blame for it. You understand? So if I don't take credit for anything, I don't take blame for anything. You see, you can talk to God. So I can look up at him and say, okay, you shut the valve off. Now, what are you going to do about it? Not my problem. It's yours. You've got all these thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of people waiting on you, God. All I am is just a conduit. You want to flow through me? Wonderful. If you don't, that's your problem. Talk to God. He's your father. He's your friend. He's your closest friend you will ever have in your life will be God. Sometimes I'm driving down the road, and I'm sure people look at me and think, that crazy old man, got to be crazy. Look at him. He's talking. Well, I'm just having a little conversation with my Lord until I get to drifting off the road, and I hear that, that rough, you know what I'm talking about? So thank God he's given me my ears. They're not gone yet. So I can jerk that car back on the middle of that road. God loves you. You have an absolutely wonderful church. You've supported us so strongly 
right at 30 years. Young man, how old are you? Whoa, he wasn't even a, a gleam in his dad's eyes. When this church began to support Mexico ministries, and together, us, God, and a lot of more, a lot of other people, we've seen the hand of God from the Texas border to the Belize border, from the Gulf of Mexico to the Pacific Ocean. All the honor, all the glory, all of the praise belongs to God. God has put medical clinics, hospitals, orphanages, you name it, God has put it in Mexico. And I've got a message I'm going to be preaching. Kind of talked a little bit with Linnell last night, Pastor Linnell, on the vineyard. I was t telling someone, my vineyard in Mexico ministers. That's mine. God got a hold of me and said, no, that's not your vineyard at all. He said, that's his vineyard. All he did was invited me to work in his vineyard. So uh, you have the five-fold ministry here. You have just been invited by God to work in his vineyard, in his church. So you're a great pastor. That's not your church at all. That's God's church. You've just been invited to work in God's church. It's God. It's all God. It is all God's. And to think that God loves you so much to die for you, wow. We could stop and use up a lot of boxes of Kleenexes if we just let ourselves go. How wonderful how precious he is to you. Hallelujah. Amen. A man by the name of Elsie England. I knew this man. He's now with God. But I knew him very well. Pastored a church in Denison, Texas. He had a son named Raymond England. I was with Raymond England in his church a few weeks ago. Precious man. Preached his first revival in our little church in Denison years ago. But when I was in his church a few weeks ago, he made a statement that was really fantastic statement and good for me. See, since then I preached to you and I'm standing up here, oh, so holy and never done anything in my life. But I can, I can pull the wool over your eyes sometimes. But the chances are the wool I pull over your eyes is about 95% cotton. So you just you forget that. But he made a statement that really ministered to me. He said his dad was never one to just claim that God was talking to him and had a vision and God said this and God said that. And like, like a lot of preachers today, especially on television, really build it all up. Dad, his dad was not like that. So one morning he was going in, uh, getting ready to preach. I don't know what he did when he was a young man, but for all of his life, all of his life, Elsie England 
was begging God to forgive him of the sins of his youth. I mean, youth is when you really sin a whole lot. And some youth never grow up. You just carry right on into adulthood. But we all have made sins, all made, committed wrongs in our youth. And so he always was saying over and over and over, year after year after year, God, forgive me of the sins of my youth. Elsie England stopped because God spoke to him. Now he's telling the church. God said to Elsie England, I never want to hear you say, forgive me again in your life. Oh, God can get pretty personal sometimes. He should never, ever come to me again and ask me to forgive you for something that I've forgotten and forgiven years and years ago. He says, why bring it up to me? It's in a sea of my forgetfulness. I thought, oh, God, how wonderful. Every sin that you committed when you come to Christ, he will never, ever, ever remember that against you. I don't care how many banks you've robbed. Hope you paid your tithe off of whatever you robbed. But, <laughs> but I want you to know that God, when he forgives you, he never, ever brings it up again. You are forgiven forever from those sins of your youth. Amen. Amen. Now, I guess the rest of you never had a... <clears throat> Don't meddle, Larry. So good to be with you. I love you. You supported the church tremendously. I said Saturday night, if I had all of the money that you've given to Mexico ministers in 30 years, if I had all the money that this pastor of yours has spent taking groups into Mexico for the last 30, 20 years, if I had all of that, we could almost finish Gander Mountain, the beginning. We could, because you've given not thousands, not tens of thousands, but in 30 years, you've given hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars to the Mexicans and to the indigenous. Thank you. From the depth of my heart, thank you. I want to talk to you today about something I think is very challenging, very serious. I want to talk to you about your vision for your life. You say, Pastor, I don't even have a vision. Well, let me tell you what you're like. You're like a piece of dead wood floating down the Red River, wind blowing it to the south side, wind blowing it to the north side, wind blowing up against the current. You're just drifting. If you do not have a vision or a goal in your life, who knows where you're going to go? Where? is your vision. What is your vision? I know what my vision is. My vision is to live, outlive whatever ails my body. I thank God for the man who helped me up those steps. I really didn't need it, but I like the sympathy. 
So I like to hear the fifth. Oh, bless Brother Larry. Bless him. But I'm glad he gave me a big man, strong man. But I've had a few setbacks in my life. The trend now, modern trend, is life is a bed of roses. You're never going to have a problem. I could name you ministers, but God would slap me if I did. You're never going to have a problem. God's going to take care of everything. You're going to always have an abundance. Nothing is going to ever hurt you. Wrong. In this life, there will be trials and troubles and storms and torments. But you have the, the word of God that through every storm, every trial, every problem in your life, he promised. He never promised you you wouldn't have them but he promised you that he would be with you in every single circumstance of your life. Thank God. So my question is now, and I've got all afternoon. I don't have to close. If you get up, I'm going home with you. I'm going to eat with you, wherever. You better pick a, a cheap restaurant because I'm going to follow you right in there, and I'm going to order the best that they have on the menu. So stay, stay with me. What is your vision? What is your vision? What is your mountaintop that you want to climb until you reach that vision, until it becomes a reality? It all begins with a dream. If you can dream it, I mean deep down within your soul, dream it, then you can visualize it as though it's there. If you dream it, you can see it. If you see it, you can have it. Pastor John dreamed of a new place bigger than this, more room to minister. He dreamed it. Talked to me about that for a number of years, his dream, to the point that he could actually see that building coming in with enough rooms for everybody. More ministry, more room. If you can dream it, you can see it. If you can see it, you can have it. I want five people. And I told a congregation in the first service, you go along and in about three seconds, I'm going to cut you off. But I want you to think right now, what is it that you want in your life? What is the vision that you're, you, you have? What are you desiring? What are you walking towards? What are you marching towards? I want five people very quickly to tell me what your vision is, what you want from God. Well, you're not going to get anything then. I tell you right now, he said, if you don't ask me, you are not going to receive it. Okay, my sister. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, my sister. That's a vision. That's a powerful vision. Somebody else, what's your vision? 
You can be a young person if you want to. There's a young one. Real loud so they can hear it. Thank you. I'm glad you put the international because sometimes we want a little vision for the little area that we're in. Take a vision wherever God wants to send you. Thank you. Three more. Now, young lady, don't get up and say, my vision is to have a, a white, uh, a, a, a white, what is it that, shining night, shining night, rich, and, and, and a rich man, and when he comes, I'm going to promise to be a good wife for him if you'll be, make me a good living. Forget that. I want to know what you want in the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Is there another one? Come on, okay? Standing up. Hallelujah. One more. There it is right there. Isn't that wonderful? And if we allowed ourselves, we could get a, a, a vision from every person in here. I'm going to tell you, if you will hold on to that dream until you can see it in your life, in your spirit, you can dream it, you can see it, you can have it. Now, I want to read a few scriptures from... Joshua chapter 14. You say, well, I've heard that part of the message. I hope you have. I hope you've heard it a hundred times. You're going to hear it 101 times today. Chapter 14, Joshua, verse 7. This is Caleb. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought word back to him as it was in my heart. I told him the truth. I told him what I saw. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt with fear, but I followed the Lord God fully. Great man of God. Listen to this. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden will be an inheritance to you and to your children forever because you followed the Lord my God fully. And behold, the Lord has let me live just as he spoke. Going to talk to you in a little bit about the, the Word of God, the promises of God. These 45 years from the time that the Lord spoke, 
this word to Moses. Now, Moses is nothing but a conduit in this time. When God spoke these words through Moses concerning Caleb, I like that. God keeps his word. He keeps his promises. He said, now, let me back it on up. He said, now behold, the Lord has let me live as he spoke these 45 years from the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses when Israel walked in the wilderness. And now behold, I am almost as old as Brother Larry. He said, today is my birthday. I'm 85 today. Let me pause a little while tell you, whatever God has promised you, God can keep his word. Stand on it. Believe it. What he says, he can back it up. I mean, some people, they, they want to give it all they've got for two days. And if God doesn't answer in two days, 45 years this man waited and waited and waited for the promise that God spoke through Moses to him. How could a man do that? How, how could you live 45 years waiting for your answer? Because God promised it to you. God gave you his word. He is not a liar. He gave you his word, and he has not abandoned you, not forsaken you. When Joshua was about to cross over the Jordan River, Moses spoke to him and said, Be strong. Take courage. God be, will be with you. He will not fail you. Do not fear. That's God. That's God's promise. Be strong. Don't fear. I promise I will never leave you. My God, that, that's wonderful to know that God promised you he's never going to leave you in the midst. I don't care how strong the storm is, how, how, how difficult it is. God keeps his word. Church on the Rock, Texarkana, God keeps his word. Pastor Linnell, God keeps his word. When you see Pastor John tell him, Larry said, God keeps his word. In the middle of a storm, raging, when there was absolutely no hope, Paul was on board a ship. And everybody was crying out because they're about to, dry, to drown, to die. Every last one of them, it was dark tremendously days after day until finally all hope of our being saved was abandoned. I'm quoting you the word of God. Not one, 276 men on board that ship, not one had an ounce of hope that they would make it. But Paul stood up in the midst of them and said, Take courage, men. For the very angel of the Lord, the Lord God whom I belong, 
whom I serve, stood before me this past night and said, every person on board this ship will be saved. Not one is going to die. Word of God, the word of God, the promise of God. How is that going to be? Because that ship is going to be torn up to pieces. Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall. But God put every piece of that Humpty Dumpty back together again. You see, God keeps his word. And although the ship was destroyed, every person on board that ship made it safe to land. Those who could swim, swam. Those who couldn't held on to pieces of broken uh, uh, parts of the ship, on stuff that they had thrown out, baggage and stuff. But every last one of them made it safely to shore. You know why? Because God kept his word. He said, tell the people, not one life will be lost. I could preach a long time on God keeping his word. It's so precious. But I want to tell you about four men who were indigenous. How many knows what indigenous means? That's the original ones. You see, these people are not Mexican. They live in a Mexican country. But their, their, their lineage comes all the way back, way before the Mexicans ever touched Mexico. Indigenous, originals. I want to show you four men, original men, and I want you to show you how God keeps his words when you have a dream. Let me see one of those pictures. <clears throat> Good looking, aren't they? Jose needs a shave. No, I'm, I'm not talking about you. Your name's not Jose. These are two indigenous pastors, Sister Linnell has ministered to their congregations year after year after year. Those two men wanted to preach the gospel. But they were poor, dirt poor. How in the world can a poor, dirt poor indigenous below the level of the high and mighty Mexican people, how, how can they ever make it in life? But they had a vision. I want to preach. I want to preach. I want to preach the gospel. I want to preach. They had that so burnt into their mind that they could see it. They could see themselves standing before the congregation, preaching the life-giving message of God. Let's go on a little bit further. See that dude? He's pretty sharp, isn't he? I don't have any idea where he borrowed that suit. Never have I seen him in a suit ever. He's a native, indigenous. They wear little short dresses with shorts under that short dresses. Very poor people. He lives in such a remote area I rode horseback for hours over the mountain to get to where he lived. No roads, nothing. 
but he had a desire to preach the word. He had a desire. Let me see if there's another one. Uh, one of us is an indigenous. You make up your mind who it is. His name is Victorial. Poorer than Job's turkey. It's Thanksgiving. You wouldn't want Job's turkey at all on your table. So poor, so poor. But Victorio wanted to preach the gospel. I remember sitting in the house of his father, discussing where we could build a little church on his father's property, a little old small piece of property. We built a church for Victorio. Little wooden building about the size of a your, bed, your smallest bedroom. One by 12 walls, no floor, no kitchen, no sink. They cooked on the outside for the family. But the family was bigger than just Victoria. He had a curtain in the middle of his little 12 by 12 house. And his married son slept on one side of the curtain, and Victorio slept on his side of the curtain. But he wanted to preach. He wanted to preach. They were so poor as they began to develop a ministry of building congregations and missions for missions. No one had a vehicle. They walked. Fixing to give somebody a nice watch. But they walked over those mountains, walked to get to the villages to take the word of God to them. Victorio, at that time, I think he was either 13 or 15 missions, he had established congregations. Jose had something almost like 30. Give you the actual count. Victoria now has 22. Antonio, the nice-looking dude there, he has 24. Alex, Alejandro, he has 26. And Jose has 24. That's 96 congregations. And we built every one a church, 96 churches, plus therefore the hundred. You tell me that God, if God could do that with the poorest of the poor, dare you not doubt God for anything, living in the luxury that we have here. Don't let me hear you say we can't do it. Don't let, the, please, hold off on that, because I'm better with my back end than I am with my and you're, you're more than able, able. The Lord, Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so these four ministers are great examples of men who fought through the difficulties, suffered, but came out victorious. Now, show me another picture. That's just a little small crowd of about a thousand people. You couldn't, I couldn't put them all in the camera. 
In July, they came when we dedicated the little church for Pastor Victorio. They all came, and we had a full day of celebration. Now, Victorio said, look, I want a church lujo. Lujo. You know what lujo means, anybody? Lujo? Mexicano, levanta tu mano arriba. Hallelujah. That means luxury. He said, I don't care much about what it looks like on the outside, but I want it to be luxurious on the inside. It's for my Lord. I want the best that we can possibly give our Lord. Give me another shot. That's his church. Hold that picture. The little wood building was way back there. The next building we built for him there with that congregation, this is a new church. And if you think it's luxurious inside, look at the next picture. There should be a lot of wow than that. From nothing, absolutely nothing, to that beautiful church, packed out, balcony and all. I'm talking about your God. Dare to dream. Dare to believe. Dare to endure because good things are waiting for you. I ran totally out of time. How many would like for me to come back and preach again? I like that. God is so good. The prodigal son took his half of the inheritance, went to a far country, and blew it all, wasted it all, righteous living. The, old brother, the older brother stayed at home. And when the younger brother came to his senses, came back to his father and asked to be a servant, the father had a, a, a party, a fiesta. Kill the fatted calf. Give him everything. And the, put a new robe on him. Put a ring on his finger. Give him everything. For this, our son was dead and now he's alive again. And the older brother pouted. Just pouted. Pout. I've been here all this time. He never gave me even a little spotted goat. Now he's given the fatted calf to the younger brother. But the older brother could not see the forest because of the trees. I want you to do before I close. I'm not going to talk over another minute or two. If you haven't gotten it now, forget it. You're not going to get it. I want you to look around. If you're sitting next to your wife or husband, I want you to turn that head. I want to hear some next uh Creaking or creaking or whatever. Look at that loved one, eye to eye right now. If you don't do that, I'm going to come turn your head for you. See, the older brother could never see what he had. Look at what you have. Look at your spouse. Look at your home. Look at your children. 
Look at all the blessings that God has bestowed upon you and give him thanks and praise for being the good God that he is to you, all of you. Pastor, would you come? And this is the last time I'm going to wear a watch while I'm preaching. I love you people, but I pray to God you receive something. It's just not a period of time preaching. It's trying to impart into you the hope of your vision being fulfilled by the help of Almighty God. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Thank God for all that he's given you and blessed you in life. I thank God for Mary Lou. She was born in a protected society. I'm going to steal a little bit more, but God forgive me. She was born one of these uppity class of people. I came right out of the swamps of South Louisiana. Greener than any green you've ever seen in your life. I'm sure that Mary Lou prayed many, many times, God help me. She was trying to cultivate me, trying to make something dignified. And I was undignifiable. And I'm sure she prayed, God, help me. And I'm not sure that she didn't hear God say, Mary Lou, you help me. Because it took both of them to make me who I am. I love you. God bless you. Amen. Should we have them come up like that last service? You know, if you have a dream, a vision... Why don't you come up and stand here? Because there, this was not just a message. I mean, this is a man who's living the word, and he used that word impartation. I'm telling you, whenever you get around special people like this, and you're here for a reason, and never forget that. But when you're around it, you need to receive what God has. Let that conduit, that conduit's flowing right now, and he's not going to take the credit. But there's a God that wants to flow that impartation in you, that gift of faith that's here right now to believe. So if you have a vision for something, a dream for something, just come stand here, and we're going to pray. Something you want to see might be a family member you need to come to the Lord. If you don't want to come all the way up, at least stand where you're at. But we want to get a prayer under this anointing that the, that the Father has brought here. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. And even a reminder, you know, and here's the other thing. I look back in my life, the people God's put in my life that uh, sometimes I don't feel like so much, but I see that God puts people puts around me, and I go, oh, wow. And you're in a church right now that God has brought a pastor here that's all about equipping you to do the ministry. I'm telling you, there's people that go through our Connect class. The next month, they're leading a ministry. And Pastor John has said this many times, our new beginnings, it's a bigger building, so we have more people, so we have more ministry. So there's ministries that are inside you we want to see birth. And whatever it is, we're going to pray and agree right now with our brother Larry. So, Father, I thank you for these that have a dream, that have a vision, 
Some of it is still a little cloudy, but I pray you'll just clear that vision up for them, that they can make the steps. Lord, the steps of righteous men and women are ordered by the Lord. And Lord, I pray you order their next step, that next step they need to take to get where you have them to come, that prayer they need to pray, that something they need to sow, Lord. But we're believing with them right now that that ministry, that desire, even just some desires. It may not be strong ministry, but it's a desire. And Father, you're a good Father who wants to see our desires come to pass. And so Lord, we just right now pray a release in the spirit realm. Lord, for these ministries to come forth, these dreams to come forth. Lord, in Jesus' name. Now just lift your hands and say, I need you, God. Now say this. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by your spirit. So I receive your spirit. Holy Spirit, fill me fresh right now and give me eyes to see and a heart to believe what you have in store. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, before you go, I'm going to ask one question. If you're not 100% sure where you'd spend eternity, the first thing you need to do is when we're done, go over to that cross, and there's going to be a pastor there, and you just say a prayer and get the Creator inside of your life. See, we're not talking about religion. That's man's best effort to reach God. We're talking about God wants to have relationship with you. That's where you give Him permission to come inside and change it from the inside out. And thank God He'll do that for you, make you brand new. And just go to that cross when we're done. And the last thing before you go, uh, we're, we want to bless Brother Larry. And not just sow into the ministry, but we want to sow into him and his wife and his family. Whenever he comes around Christmas time and Thanksgiving, we do a special offering just for them. I'm going to leave my Bible here. You're willing to leave something on that, or ushers will be at the back of the room. You can take an offering envelope or do a debit machine, just write Larry Myers on there, and we'll get to him. We want them to have a blessed Christmas. But I prefer you going over there and giving your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ amen. more than whatever you would give to me. Amen, amen. I don't need your money. Like God needs your life. Amen. Amen, amen. Go, give your to heart to Christ. Amen. And we're going to have, we're going to sing through one more time. Our altar team will be here. If you want prayer for anything, want to agree with somebody, uh, and again, if you want to get right with the Lord, gotten off track, whatever, just meet Travis over, Pastor Travis over at that cross. Let's sing one more time. Altars are open, and God bless you. Give God one more hand. God